Hello, my friends, and welcome back for this week's episode of the Practical Parsha podcast. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn. I hope you are well. And before we jump right into this week's Parsha, which is so full with um, lessons and, and things we could learn from, I wanted to give a special shout out to a dear friend and loyal listener of this podcast all the way from the beginning, my good friend Hunter. Thank you. And I'm thanking Hunter specifically for this microphone scissor arm stand, which he gave to me and set up for me. He didn't just give it to me, but he even set it up for me. So now I don't have to bang everything over when I'm recording this podcast every week. And uh, I think at this point, I don't have to pretend to myself that I am uh, a podcaster. Maybe I'm actually becoming one now with this arm stand. So thank you, Hunter for all your support and all your help. And before I begin, if you have any questions, comments, or would just like to reach out and say hello, please send me an email, rabbishlomokon, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And you know what? I'm curious if anyone thinks the quality of the podcast is better because the mic is positioned just right in front of my mouth. So send me an email, say hello, tell me the quality, and I'd love to hear from you. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Lech Lecha. Now, Parsha's Lech Lecha tells us about the story of Avram Avinu, of Abraham. And it begins with the different tests of Avram Avinu. We know that Avram Avinu had 10 tests, 10 trials that God gave him to show his love for Avram Avinu. And if you want to know more information about that, look on last year's episode of the Practical Parsha podcast where I talk about this idea of tests and why God gives us tests. The Parsha begins by Hashem telling Avram Avinu for his first test to leave the land of, his, of where he was born, his homeland, and go to a strange place. Avram Avinu goes with his wife Sarah to Egypt, to Mitzrayim, where she's taken hostage and eventually is let go and given back to Avram Avinu. Additionally, this week's Parsha tells us about how Lot and Avram Avinu, the nephew of, of Abraham, split. They part ways with Lot going to Sodom, him being captured, Avram, rescu- res- Avram rescuing him from the, the kings that are holding him hostage. And finally, the Parsha finishes off with the covenant between the parts, the Brisbane of Sarim, the, the promise to the descendants of Avram Avinu that they'll have the promised land, the event, the Egyptian exile and eventual redemption, as well as the the new names and the new destiny of Avram Avinu and Sarah, the wife of Abraham. And finally, the Parsha finishes off with the commandment that God commands Avram Avinu to circumcise himself, to give himself a bris milah, and promises him that by next year at this time, he will have a child. The first idea I wanted to share with you today focuses in on the story of Lot and Avram Avinu. So as I mentioned before, Lot was the nephew of Avram Avinu. Avram, Abraham, pretty much raised Lot because Lot's father, Haran, in the, by the case, by the story of the, the fiery furnace, when Avram Avinu, it's brought down in the Midrashim, that Avram Avinu refused to bow down to Nimrod he was thrown to a fiery furnace and survived. So Haran, seeing that his brother survived, also jumped into the fire. But Haran, because he was not as righteous as Avram Avinu, did not survive the fire. And Avram t- 
took care of and raised Lot. Now, as Avram Avinu was traveling with Lot, it seems that Lot became successful. Avram Avinu obviously was very successful. He had much cattle and much, uh, much possessions. And the, the shepherds of Avram Avinu and the shepherds of Lot started quarreling. And the Pasuk reads as follows. That also Lot, who went with Avram, had flocks, cattle, and tents. And the land could not support them dwelling together, for their possessions were abundant and they were unable to dwell together. The Pasuk continues. And there was quarreling between the herdsmen of Avram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. And the Kanani and the Prizi were, in the, in, were then dwelling in the land. And the Torah continues to tell us how this fight began because Lot's shepherds, they let the animals pasture on any land, even private land. They wouldn't be careful to make sure that the sheep, the cattle, would graze only on public area. Avram Avinu, Abraham, his shepherds were very careful that their animals should only feed on public feeding areas, not on anyone's private property. And the commentaries tell us the reason why Lot's shepherds allowed the cattle and the sheep and the goats and, and everything, the cows, to graze on private lands is because they reasoned that since God had promised the land of Israel to Avram Avinu, to Abraham, and at this point in time, Avram, Abraham, had no descendants, that Lot would be his descendant. Lot would be his inheritor. So therefore... Even though the land was private land, it theoretically belonged to Lot, and therefore the shepherds felt that they were entitled to let their animals graze on it. So it wasn't that they just decided to do whatever they want. They had a position. He had a, they thought about it, and they thought they were c- correct in letting the, their animals graze on these private lands in the land of Israel, at, which was known as the land of Canaan at that time. Now, the question is that's raised from this is that if Avram Avinu, if Abraham, who at that time was the one that Hashem promised the land of Israel to, the land of Canaan was promised to Avram Avinu, and he was alive, and yet the shepherds of Avram Avinu were careful to make sure that not one animal grazed on private property, that the animals were muzzled, that they only took from public grass and from public areas. So how could Lot make up a reason and, and, and say to himself that the land belongs to me if, if Avram himself, who was the owner and who was alive, didn't use that line of reasoning, didn't use that line of logic? How could Lot say that the land belongs to me when Avram Avinu didn't even do that. Avram Avinu didn't even let his shepherds graze on the private lands of Eretz Canaan, the future land of Israel. To answer this question, we have to look at a Rashi in next week's Parsha. And next week's Parsha, the Torah tells us how the angels, the Malachim, 
come to Avram Avinu, come to Abraham and visit him to give him good tidings and to, to tell him that he's going to have a child. And the, the Torah tells us that when these angels came to Avram Avinu, they came in the form of Arab travelers. They looked like, you know, Arab wayfarers. And that Avram Avinu, before he invited them into his house, he made them wash their feet. And then after they washed their feet, he allowed them to come in and partake of a of the whole meal. And Rashi tells us the reason why he did that. Because he wanted to make sure that when they're coming into his house, they wouldn't be worshiping the sand on their feet. It seemed that at those times there were people, there were nomadic people who would worship the sand on their feet. So therefore to prevent anyone from worshiping some, you know, a false deity in his house, he required them to wash their feet first. And Rashi points out for us over there a contrast between Avram Avinu, between Abraham and Lot. Because it says that Avram Avinu, when he invited the Malachim into his house, he first made them wash their feet and then he allowed them to come into their house. But by Lot, who also had angels to come and visit him, as we're going to see in next week's Parsha, the angels come to rescue him from, him from Sodom. He first invited them in his house, and only then he asked them to wash his feet. Now, you might say to yourself, how does this answer our question about this contrast in Rashi from Avram to Lot, the fact that Avram made them wash their feet first, and then he allowed them in, their, in his house, but that contrast that with Lot, who first brought them into his house, and then they washed their feet. How does this answer our question? Our question is, what was the rationale behind the shepherds of Lot? How did they rationalize themselves? How did they allow themselves to use private property based on the reasoning, the rationale, that the land would eventually go to Lot, when he himself, when Avram Avinu, didn't use that same reasoning, didn't use that same line of thought? And the answer is that this Rashi tells us something very important, the difference between Lot and Avram Avinu. Lot was a person that when he was with Avram, when it was easy to be a good person, when it was easy to be observant, so he kept the mitzvahs, he kept the Torah. But when it became hard to do the correct thing, when it, there was a little bit of resistance there, so then... He started making reasonings. He started pushing away his observances. You know, there's an expression they say, it's called fear weather fans. You could, that there's some type of, there's, there's sports fans sometimes that whoever is the winning team, whoever is the one who's doing well, that's the one they're, they're uh, staying with. That's the team they're going to root for. They don't stay with their team through the, through the thick and the thin. And the idea over here is that by Avram Avinu, he always strive to do what was right, no matter what the situation. So if it was hard for him to find a public grazing area, it didn't make a difference. He would not let his shepherds bring the animals to a place that was not his, period. It was not his, so therefore he, he pushed himself to do the right thing. But Lod, on the other hand, as soon as it became a little bit difficult, so then came all the rationales, then came all the reasonings. Similarly, when it came to the Malachim, when it came to the angels coming into the house of Avram Avinu, to the house of Abraham, Avram Avinu, you could imagine guests are coming into your house and you tell them wash their feet 
but it didn't make a difference if it was an awkward situation to Avram Avinu for, because he didn't want any idol worship in his house, period. Even if it means having an awkward situation, having an awkward moment, having a tough conversation because that's what the right thing is. Lod, on the other hand, he only was able to follow the mitzvot and to do what was right when it was easy and when it was not difficult. He wasn't able to have that hard conversation. And really the lesson for us is, is that when it comes to our mitzvot observances, when it comes to, to, to Torah, when it comes to mitzvot, you know, it's, it's, again, I'm not taking away when someone's doing the right thing when it's easy, but when everything's going good and we're doing what the Torah tells us, it's great, it's amazing. It, you know, there's no, there's no resistance. It's, it's, it's easy to be a Jew when, it's, when there's nothing pushing back. But the test is, and the test becomes when it's not so easy, when there's things pulling you one way, pulling you another way. That's the real challenge that we have in life. Because if it would just be all, uh, you know, easy street, there would be no challenge for us. You know, there'd be no point in life almost. The point while we're here is to overcome our challenges and to serve Hashem even in the hardest moments to keep pushing through and to always keep doing the right thing. The second idea I want to share with you today takes us to the prophecy that Hashem tells Avram Avinu. Hashem tells Avram, tells Abraham, Hashem takes Avram outside and he says as follows, He says to Avram Avinu, he says, and he took him outside and he said, And he says to Avram Avinu, he said, Gaze, now look towards the heaven, count the stars, if you're able to count them. He asked him a question. Look at the stars. Are you able to count the stars? And Hashem says to Avram, so shall your offspring be. Now, there's many different interpretations of this um, verse. And on, on a simple level, Hashem is making a promise to Avram Avinu that although right now he has no children, he will have so many children that will be like the stars, that you can't count the stars, and that's how many his descendants will be. And I wanted to share two different ideas, which I saw, which really bring out some powerful points from the verse. Before Hashem told Avram this statement, that your children will be like the stars, Avram was asking Hashem, you know, I don't have any children. I don't have any descendants. Will Eliezer be my descendant? So Hashem answered him, go outside and count the stars. Romeo Shapiro brings down that if, you know, if someone would tell us, you know, go outside, count the stars, would we even start to do that job? There's so many stars out there. It's impossible to start counting the stars. So let's picture this for a moment. Avram tells God, that he has no children. Hashem says, go outside and count the stars. Avram starts counting the stars. Although most people wouldn't even try to do that, that's what Avram does. He listens to what Hashem says. He starts counting. One, two, three, four. He does something which seems impossible. And then Hashem tells him, Ko So too will be your offspring that your offspring will, like, will be like the stars. And really this optimism of Avram Avinu is something which embodies the Jewish people and is in our spiritual DNA. Because the, the, the basis, 
what's inside each and every one of us, we have to know there's this optimism and positivity of Avram Avinu, that God told him to go outside, to do something impossible. He started. He didn't think that this is too hard to do, I'm not going to start. He started counting. And because he took that step, because he didn't give up hope, because he did not have despair, Hashem answered his prayers in the most beautiful and amazing way. And this is something we need to think about, we need to remember that one of the defining aspects of the Jewish people is that we never give up. We never despair. Even though things seem glim, seem dim, we have that positivity of Avram Avinu, that we look up to the stars, we'll start counting them. That's what Hashem tells us to do. That's what God wants us to do, to count the stars. We're going to do it. It seems too hard. doesn't matter. We're going to try. Because the truth is, is that when we try, amazing things happen. We find strengths we never knew we had. We dig into new reservoirs of energy and inspiration within ourselves that we never knew existed. And all we need to do is try. Because that's our job at the end of the day. When we try, we can bring about new potential that we never knew existed and go beyond our limitations to accomplish things we never could have imagined. And that's a major idea that we should take out from Avram Avinu, from Abraham, specifically in this verse in the Torah. Because this concept of Maisa Avo Simen Labanim, that what happened to our forefathers is a sign for the children. That means that the strengths that we have as a Jewish people came into us from our forefathers, from Avram Avinu. The, all the stories that we read about of Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and, you know, and our matriarchs, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, Leah, and all their greatness didn't just stop with them. It continued into us. And that's also part of the lessons that we're going to take in the coming weeks when we read about our patriarchs and our matriarchs. And this is just one of them from this week's Parsha. Now, another idea which I wanted to bring out from this Pasuk is the fact that we, we see in the Talmud, and the Gemara brings down, that Hashem told Avram Avinu not to think about the astrologers who told him that he wouldn't have any children. It seems that there was some type of uh, astrology. There is this idea that, you know, things can be seen from astrology, and they were telling him that you're not going to have children. And Hashem told Avram Avinu, told him that, don't worry about that. They're not in charge. And this is the meaning of the of the verse. So too will be your descendants. That there's the the Talmud and Brachos tells us Ein Mazal Yisrael, that the Jewish nation doesn't have a mazel. Every other nation in the world has a has a guardian, has this has a mazel, whatever that means exactly. But the Jewish nation has no mazel. God is the one who looks over our situation directly. There's no you know intermediaries where the God is the one who's watching over us directly. And that's the meaning in the verse. When Hashem tells Avram Avinu to go outside and to look at the stars, he was telling Avram Avinu that he is above the stars. So even if everyone telling, is telling you that the world's coming to an end and everything looks bad and nothing's good is going to happen, don't give credence to these bad predictions. Believe in Hashem. Have awareness in His unlimited power. Davin, don't be scared. Go forward. 
um, be proud. And that's what we need to remember, especially during these challenging times, that ain't mazali Yisrael, that just like Hashem brought us to this moment, God is going to take us forward into the future. And we need to remember and have trust in God that he ultimately, we're in his hands and he's going to take care of us. So with that, I'm going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or like to reach out, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomokon, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. Everyone, have a great day.